0: What you're stirring up in my heart, what you're doing in our church, God, with you, stirring up people that are talking to having conversations. Lord, I pray you bless this morning, but more than that, I pray that you would stir our hearts. Help us to see through heaven's eyes. God, I pray that this year would be. Gotta be a year that we would step over that. that we would count the cost more and more. Serve you. Hallelujah. You know, uh, this morning is a, a word that's burning in my heart, and it's actually about five words, and and God is bringing them all together this morning. And I want to read from Matthew chapter ten. Hallelujah. Jesus, we, you are worthy, God. We praise you. One of the things that, that has been happening for me, and, and for some of you I'm sure it's the same, is we're getting inundated with news, with media, with, with discouraging news of finances, of the, the situation that's happening in our nation today. Rights being stripped out from underneath of us even as we speak, things that are getting passed without ever being voted upon. We are quickly losing this nation. Do you know God is not out of control? You can take every one of our rights away, and God is in control. I'm inundated with with the news and emails, and um, a lot of the, the news that I get are from conservative uh, news sources you 're hearing of uh the persecution throughout the world, You're hearing of a lot of things happening in this country where uh, i this j Sekulat, different foundations fighting for our freedoms, fighting for our rights, and then people talking to me and it 's enough to just make us want to start writing letters and 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 gain support and become political activists and there 's nothing wrong with that in fact. Over the last couple months, I've written the president a number of times. I've written our senators, our representatives. I keep hammering. I keep writing letters. Every time there's an opportunity that comes across, I I actually go the extra mile and I write a letter. And sometimes I write my own letter, not just go through the websites that that I've got. And I encourage those things are good to do. But we need to not get lost in fighting the wrong battle. And it's really easy to do. Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to read, starting in verse 5, I'm going to read, I'm going to skip a couple verses as we go to hit some main points, but starting in verse 5, here Jesus is sending out the twelve, and he says, do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire you who is who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you and Whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. I'm going to continue to read. It's a little bit of reading this morning. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up into the councils and scourge you in their synagogues you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end we'll be saved. I read the, I, I read that again this week this morning. I went sounds about right. <clears throat> delivered up. We're going to be going before judges and magistrates. This is, this is what this is what Jesus taught. This is what Paul lived. The times that we're living are happening all around the world and have been for years there's right now uh, there's many people in prison, but one i 'm keeping up with there's an american iranian american Iranian pastor he's an American citizen he's in prison in Iran they had a uh, he's in prison for being a christian preaching the gospel, and his trial I believe is over they're waiting for the statement of the execution if they're going to execute him or not. This is happening all over the world Joe. You know, it's it's amazing. But for them, that's kind of life. As a Christian in a lot of countries, when they leave the house thinking that they might preach the gospel or share with a, a neighbor or even go in fellowship together, they know that they could be arrested and sent to prison. And it could be happening here. But when I read this, what I, I see some points in here. It's really important. I don't think we're supposed to worry. He says, "Don't take money, don't take extra tunics. Just go. Just go. I'm going to provide for you. One of the things that I don't want us to get is lost in fighting the wrong fights. There's nothing wrong of, of writing letters and, and being involved in the things that are happening in this country. But what's more important is, as we go, preach the gospel. And that's what it started out, right at the very beginning of 10:5 of there. It says, in 10.6, But go, Rad lashi seven. says, as you go, preach. As you go, preach. We don't need to worry. We just need to trust God. And as we go in our day-to-day lives, we need to preach the gospel. And then he tells us to do some things that, that we should be doing, and that's healing the lepers, cleansing the sick, preaching the gospel. We need to be helping people wherever we come in contact with, with the need that they have. Bring the ministry of Jesus in whatever capacity they need to them as we go this isn't a call to go into all the world this is a call is as we're going as we're living our life we're supposed to be christians and we need to keep our eye focused on the things that are eternal not on the things that are temporal let's not get lost in all of these other things we may lose our we're losing our second amendment rights they're trying to strip some of them away right now. And if, you've, if you follow me on Facebook, I don't do Twitter, I do Facebook. If you follow me, you see that I'm writing posts about, about these things. It's important that we know. It's important that we stay involved. But it's only this important. Jesus is this important. People's eternal salvation, our families knowing Jesus, our friends knowing Jesus and being ready for persecution, that's what's more important. There's a lot of speculation of what we're going to be running into over the next couple years. And if things keep going this way, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It would take a major shift for it not to. But are we ready? This morning I want to exhort us, and then I want to encourage us. And I'm exhorted. Even as we approach, I, I just got done for the second time uh, listening. I, I listened to uh, Francis Chan's book, Crazy Love. Has anyone read that by any chance? That's a challenging book. It's a wonderful book. There's a section in there about Christians, and he talks about how the whole mentality has changed, and all we want to do is be safe. And I started getting convicted as he went through that, as I see you in a shaking head. Because he, he says, you go on a missions trip, and how do we pray for the missions? We say, God, as we go, I pray that you keep us safe. Pray that nobody gets sick. Pray that we have safe travels, and as we get there, I mean, and we say, safe, safe, safe. How about, and this challenges me, how about if we would step over the safe prayer and say, God, let your will be done no matter what. Let your will be done no matter what. Are we ready to pray those kind of prayers? I'm not, but I'm stepping up saying, God, I need to. Because the kind of prayer that says, your will be done no matter what, he might take us up on it. You know, we live in cushy America. Even today, even with all of our financial problems, we have more money than anyone in a third world country. We have safety, we have security. These things are going away quick, but will we pray, God, your will be done no matter what the cost. There are people being imprisoned for their faith. See, the prosperity, and some teachers would say, nothing bad will come against you, and say, you know, my God is... Is big, but he let Paul go to prison. He let John the Baptist beheaded. He let the, he allowed the disciples to face martyrdom. Some were beaten with clubs, and some were dipped in oil, and Peter was crucified upside down. Whew. God, your will be done, no matter the cost. Now I don't believe we're very close to that. I don't think that's going to begin to happen this year. Praise the Lord. We might need some time to build up to that. How about risking your job over over your your faith? I was even having a conversation this week with somebody who, who stood up and says, you know, when you take the Lord's name in vain all the time at work, it offends me. Could you please don't do that? Bad things happen when you stand up and say those things. You might get fired. But will we step up and say, God, your will be done no matter what the cost? Will we go in and share in love the gospel with somebody who needs deliverance and help from drugs and alcohol? Will we step up? As we go, preach day to day. When I read this chapter, I go, wow. Don't pack extra clothes. Don't take gold. Why not? God, my God will provide all your needs, the Bible says, according to his riches and glory. This is a call to begin to stir us up and to get our minds in the right places outside of ourselves. We get we come every week to a holy huddle. Some of us meet midweek in a life group. We have a second holy huddle. But we got to begin to play the game. Next week, Super Bowl Sunday. How about if the 49ers every week, every play, just get back. They get the whistle blown they get a penalty. They lose 10 yards cuz they never play the game. We want to see the game being played. Huh? 5 yards. 5 yards. 5 yards. Thanks, Bob. But, you know, we want to see the game, and we need to begin to play the game ourselves more and more. And and I'm not accusing any individual. I'm trying to stir us up to say, help us to look outside of ourselves and to say, as we go, can we be preaching the gospel? As we go, the most important thing that we can do is help bring people to Jesus. The title of this message, and we're going to get to the more encouraging part, is, is simply this, one step closer to Jesus, That's what I believe God is stirring up for us to be and do this year and and in the future, is get the understanding and mentality that everyone we come in contact with, we're supposed to help them grow one step closer to Jesus. Now, there's freedom in this message because in the past, the message was, go and preach the gospel. And you always felt like you had to go out onto the streets and go street witnessing. And, and I did that, and I heard those messages, and so I would go, and I, I hated it. I hated evangelism, and yet I went all the time because I felt like we were supposed to do it. And so we'd preach, and I'd get up on street corners. I, I preached on Wall Street. I preached in, in Flatbush, and I played in some crazy places, some upscale places, standing out on the street corner preaching the gospel. That's not what they were talking about. That's not bad, but one step closer to Jesus is a freedom that says as we go preach, as we go and we live our lives, we are His living witnesses called to help bring everyone we come in contact with and help them to grow closer to Jesus. So if they are unsaved, we want to begin to plant the seeds in their life to help them to come to know Christ. Christ. And there, there's this I've seen different scales. We've got one actually pr- printed up in our office and it's got negative numbers, negative 10 numbers and zero and then positive 10 numbers and I think it's the Engel scale. But as as you move along this negative scale, you're moving people along towards salvation and salvation is actually zero on the scale. You realize there's people at negative 10s. And you go, "Well, what's a negative 10?" You said, "I know, I met him. He he might be your brother." He's a negative 10. He is so far from Christ that if you went up and preached the gospel, he might punch you in the nose. Just absolutely so far away. But your job is to help him go from 10 to negative 9. And the 8. And and maybe with him, you'll only be one number. Maybe you'll just be one who plants the seed, but somebody else will come. But we need to begin to change our focus and say, how can I be a witness for Jesus and help this person grow closer to Jesus? As we go, preach. Our life preaches. There it is. The Engel scale. Simplify. No God frame. There's no God framework in them. They, they have a number. And this is just his, but th- it helps us to visualize this. A negative nine. An experience of emptiness. Vague awareness of Christianity. Then becomes an interest in Christianity becomes an awareness of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Then they begin to actually respond positively to the gospel. You know, there's a lot of people that are at negative five that we think are saved because they just respond positively to the gospel. They begin to have experience of Christian love. They finally begin to know that they actually have a personal need. They begin to grasp the implications of the gospel. There are implications of being saved. They get challenged to respond personally, and then they repent, and they have faith. And then they begin to grow, and they evaluate the decision, and they learn the basics of the Christian life, and they become a functioning member of the local church and the local body of Christ. And they continue to grow in character, lifestyle, and service. And then they, be, then they arrive at effective sharing of faith and life, and it's a continual process of growth. Nobody ever arrives in Christianity. One day will finally arrive. We'll finally get done walking up that great hill, and we'll be with Jesus. But until that day, we need to continually grow closer to Jesus. Look back. If you've been saved a while in your your life, you can look back and say, you know, I thought I knew everything 10 years ago. And I just just thought I was there. And now you go, I learned so much. I, I wasn't. Not just in head knowledge, but your experience, your ability to have compassion. I was so much more judgmental when I was a younger Christian. Didn't have as much grace. I, I pray that I don't go back the other way because sometimes more time in, in church and can, can get you to be actually more judgmental. But I want to have that softened heart. Have grace and mercy. I want to keep growing one step closer to Jesus. How about you? And this what's great is that he wants us to. He sits there. We've been talking for the last few weeks of the Father's love for us. So this isn't we have to, we have to, and you got to, you got to, you got to. It's God wants us to be in relationship with Him. God wants to be intimate with us. And He wants everybody to have that relationship. And we're supposed to help people grow in that. And, and, and as we go, as we live our lives, help people. In your workplace, there's people all around you, anywhere on that scale. If we'll begin to really think about this, we'll say, you know, how can I help Tim? How can I help Joe grow a little bit closer? There's people in this church that so we have to help one another grow. We need to spur each other on and help each other to grow one step closer to Jesus. This isn't a message of go and do. It's go and be. Be for Him. Let the life and light of Christ live through you so that you can then help others to grow in their faith. It should be a freeing thing, but it needs to be an exhortive message because we are too comfortable in the church in America. There's a, there's a part of me, I'll tell you it's a small part, because I don't, I don't welcome tribulation. But there's a part of me that says, take it all away, take it all away quick, because when it all goes away and the financial security is absolutely gone and we're, we're, we have to rely only on God. And you know what happens when that happens in a lot in cultures, and there is a revival, a spiritual awakening, because we become dependent upon God. I was in Ukraine a number of years ago, and we we opened a Bible college there, and, and the gospel was was just beginning to to uh, spread in that in that area. And they we went to a church, the Churches of Praise, uh, under Pastor Gregory. And I think at the time they had 30 churches that they had started up in a short time. They're over, Pastor they there are over 1,000 churches, I believe, now. But we got, to, we got to be there to launch a Bible college where they were training disciples. And it wasn't about getting a degree. It was about training people to live for Jesus and how to, how to preach and how to lead others to Jesus. It was wonderful. And so we were there doing these, these services, and I was with Mark Johnson. And he has shared this testimony, so I'm going to share his because it was, it was a difficult moment. We, he was praying for a woman, and there was a translator there with him, and I was, I was praying with him. And she says, I want prayer. I, I, I'm going to the doctor, and I'm getting surgery on Thursday, through the translator, of course. And so Mark began to pray the prayer that most of us in here would pray. Dear God, I pray that you would bless the doctor, give him wisdom, help the surgery to go okay. And she stopped him. She says, no, I don't want the surgery! And we get challenged right there. Huh? She wanted to pray for healing. a step up of trusting in God and being in the supernatural. And we've become reliant on our doctors. And our checks and our social security and our retirements and our jobs. And, you know, what we might need in this country is actually to shake it up enough until we don't have those things to rely on. And I tell you, I don't look forward to it. I mean, it's not a fun, happy thought. But for the sake of Christ and for His kingdom, that we might ourselves grow and those around us might come to know Him is just exciting. To come back to that place, even if my salvation when I was first saved, I mean, I wanted to witness to everything that moved. I mean, I, w- I, I became one of those radicals, I was in high school when I got saved, and I was smoking you know, smoking marijuana and drinking and doing just all the stuff that unsaved heathens do. And, I, and God got a hold of me, and I began to witness at school. And I would go in the halls, and I would witness. And we actually had a, a group that had come up to, to Big Bear. They were called The Cross. They were a band. And I got special permission to bring them into the school so they could witness to all my friends. And I would, I would preach in my English class. I'd give speeches, and at the end of my speech, I'd say, if anyone wants to know Jesus, come and talk to me. And, of course, some of my teachers didn't like that. There's a zeal and a passion for others to know God, to know Jesus. But it gets, we get comfortable in our life, and we also get inundated and bogged down by the responsibilities of life. And we lose focus of the things that are of utmost importance, and that is to know Him and Him crucified. This message is supposed to hurt a little bit, but it's supposed to be freeing and say, you know what, I've got my focus in the wrong things. Let's not be too worried about the government coming and taking our our rights, because I believe they're going to anyways. I just believe we're... uh, I read the end of the book and I'm trying to... I'm having a hard time finding the United States in there. The great power in the West. Wondering where we fit in. I don't believe that we're going to be quite as powerful in the end times, and maybe this is just the beginning of it. I'm not saying that's a prophetic word. God, let's, let's bring some tribulation. Stir up the pot, because people begin to get desperate when they're desperate. We'll say, you know, your answer is Jesus. Let me talk, tell you about the one who can give you the hope and the security and the foundation that you need. I encourage anyone who can go on to a missions trip, we, and maybe we just don't have to, pretty soon it might just be here, but if you can get on to a third world country and spend time there and see the Christians and the conditions that Christians live in and yet have so much hope and faith in God. You know, God provides for His children. He just doesn't always give us the flat screen that we want. But He always provides for us. As we trust Him, He's going to continue to provide. The more we want to, God, provide for salvation for my friend. God, provide emotional healing for those that are hurt. Growing one step closer to Jesus, part of that is that there are people in this room who love Jesus, who know Jesus. They're at zero or one or two or three, but they're still broken and healing, and they need healing ministry from the Lord. Let's look around and help to be that and bring healing to those that need it. As you go, preach. You know what this is about? It's about life. It's not about a program. We, we want to spend time together. We promote, we encourage, we push and which, life groups. Get into a life group. Live together in community. But there, it's not because it's just a program and that's the way we do things. It's because life happens in community. That you get spurred on to help other people grow closer to Jesus when you're actually spending... will be done. Now I've got a plan for things. Can I be part of your plan? People i walk down the street looking and driving. God, how can I help them grow one step closer to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. so that the team <laughs> <laughs> they just lost five minutes to the recording. Is that good? Oh, there we are. Oh, I can hear myself. I liked it the other way better. <sighs> Don't worry. Trust God. You know, another word. I. I was contemplating whether to say. These are my notes for today. <laughs> Point one, don't worry, trust God. i got two points. I've already had ten. But the, 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 the other thing I wrote down here, you know, it's not safe. Deal with it. That's kind of harsh, but it's kind of stirring up in me. You know, it's not safe. Let's just get over it and you go, okay, God, you can't call us to live safe lives. You can call us to live dangerous lives. You know, at the end of life, there's maybe some of us who would want that. Some of you, but, you know, he was such a safe guy. Men, I'm going to talk to men for a second. When you die, do you want that to go on your tombstone? Robert Parley, a real safe guy. We want to be dangerous. We want to be rebels. Let's rebel against the world. Let's be dangerous for God. One of the problems in the church is that we don't challenge men and give them enough battles to fight. I knew I'd get one from Josh. This message has been stirring up, and a lot of it's been stirred up from some of the conversations we've had and, and over the past. We don't give enough challenges to men, but, but we need to be careful. We've got to fight the right battle. we got battles, and, and as men, we just want to fight, so we're going to fight something. We've got to start fighting the right battle, man, and the battle is Satan. The battle is sin. The battle is the thing that is taking our families and dragging them to hell. The immorality that, that is, is rampant, we need to fight that away from our families and bring Jesus in. We need, we need Jesus so bad, but we need to fight the right battles. And I want to start looking for those opportunities, encouraging us as men to rise up and fight, but fight the right things. I can't speak to the needs of you women as much in that way, but we, we have this the same need. We need Jesus, and we need to press on. You ladies, God created us in special ways, and women are different from men. And that is just true. It's not better. I I really don't like living in the culture that we're living in. I can't believe that we even, I just think it was a, a, such a wrong move that we uh, now passed, and a lot, we're allowing women to go and, Fight on the front lines. I just don't think that's what that God created them for. I'm not saying they're incapable. I just don't think that's what God created you ladies for. But God did put in, in you something that's special of of even nurturing and caring and loving. To be those mothers in the faith, those who care. Thank God for you women who help us, because we were just us guys, we'd fight everything and we wouldn't have any care and you need to help us, but Start looking around going, who can I help grow closer to Jesus today? No pressure. This isn't a pressure one. Take the pressure off because it's not another message. You've got to do, you've got to do, you've got to do. I want it to be just, well, if I don't do this, I'm not a, a good Christian. But just press into Jesus and open our eyes. As we do that, I think we'll see the mandate, the, the call that He wants us to be His witnesses. I always liked that. He didn't call us to do his witnessing. He called us to be his witnesses. And he says, as you go, preach. In our daily life, everywhere we go, Jesus, he would just travel from place to place. And as he went, he would heal and he would minister to the broken. He would see the needs of the people and minister where they were at. Next time you're in Starbucks, before you even walk in, say, God, let my eyes be open because I might see somebody behind that and I recognize something. Show me. Maybe you can share a word with them. You can do that even in quick settings. Next time someone hands you the change at the grocery store and says, thank you very much, just stop long enough to really look them in the eye and say, thank you, and I pray that you have a, have a good day. Not just, have a good day, look at them. They're going to stop say, let me pray that I have a good day. If there's no one in the checkout line, say, in fact, can I do that right now? Can I pray that you have a good day? God, I just pray you. Have a great day and to get to know you. Amen. That gets a little scary. Some of her palms are sweating, even thinking of that. (laughs) One step closer to Jesus. Not all of us are called to go and and preach on the streets. In March or i I'm sorry, April, we're gonna have Ron and Judy Radicky from Oasis in Hollywood. They run a ministry for the street for street kids. They've been down there for 30-something years now, and maybe it's 40. And, you know, they're evangelists. And Ron's out there, and he's a street evangelist, and he's just a lot of fun to be with out on the streets. We're not all called to be like they are, but we're all called to help bring people one step closer to Jesus. That's what we're all called to, be light, be salt. (sighs) Hasn't been a lot of smiling today okay. hope we're challenged. Just challenged. To say, you know, I can do this. This is where the part is freeing. You can do this. Because it's just about you being a light for Jesus. Knowing that that's part of your, your job. Bring them one step closer to Jesus. But I, I want to encourage us it's not just about being a nice person. You know, think of some real. I've got some, there's some really nice people. Some really nice people in this church and you know, Gary's a pretty nice guy. And I'm sure that when Gary walks into place, he's friendly with all the clerks and everywhere he goes. And, and I'm sure that they, they go, oh, that was Gary. He's such a nice guy. I want to get saved. <laughs> <Everywhere>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's so nice that it, it makes me want to repent of my sin and give my life to Jesus. Yeah. That's not the... Being nice is great. But, but, but we need to help actively bring people one step closer to Jesus. It's 11, and I wanted to close by 11 today. So praise the Lord. Let's stand. We want to... I want to pray. You don't have to be part of we because you can do whatever you want. But I want to pray... And I would hope that all of us would, would say, God, help me help people grow one step closer to Jesus. Father, Lord, first I want to ask forgiveness for being so comfortable in life. God, for not always caring not caring enough. Forgive me. Lord, I pray that you would stir me up and I pray that you would stir our congregation up to begin to look at people through heaven's eyes and see that everyone we come in contact with needs to draw a little closer to you. God, I pray that you would stir up our hearts and challenge us and strengthen us to be your witnesses, to be your hands, to be your mouth, to be your feet. Lord God, Help us to see the lost in different eyes. Help us to see our brothers and sisters in Christ through your eyes. God, I pray that you would also help us to know that we also should continue on in our growth in you. To look for people who can challenge us to grow. Cause us to be instruments of life and healing in this world. This valley needs you. You've planted us here. Help us to be faithful. As we go, help us to preach. Help us to heal the sick. Jesus. We thank you for your care and your provision in our lives. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, love one another, challenge one another. The the annual meeting will be starting in just a little bit. We'll have lunch first. We're gonna clear out some chairs and bring in some tables.